God says that uh, the soul that sins, it shall surely die. Uh, the wages of sin is death. God sent his son to pay that debt. And when the son died, justice was satisfied. The truth is offensive. The truth is offensive. The gospel is offensive. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not come about or come true, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken, the prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. That's Deuteronomy 19 and verse 22. What's going on, guys? And welcome to another episode of That Good Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Uncle Marco, and I'm here with nephew, little nephew, Seth Carter. What's up, guys? And uh, Seth just woke up probably about, what, 30 minutes ago? Not long. Yeah. And so uh, he's running on nothing but black silk coffee and pure hate. No, I'm just kidding. Nothing but love. (laughs) Nothing but love. But uh, thank you guys for joining us uh, tonight. Seth, um, we'll get a random question here in in a few. Um, But before we do that, let's shout out our sponsor, Narrowgate Boutique. Narrowgateboutique.etsy.com and you can uh, get on there and buy some stuff. That's a pretty good, that's uh, about as good as I can get on a commercial. Go on there and buy some stuff. Um, so let's let's do our random question before we get started um, into tonight's episode. So, Seth, what type of exercise do you like the most? I would say I like ab workouts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Listen to NSYNC. Oh, is that you? And then put those two things together. Yes. Yeah. Or Backstreet Boys, it works out wonderful. If you're doing ab workouts and listen to NSYNC, do you get? Bye bye bye. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. You know, I I don't know. I guess mine would probably have to be um, basically just walking. Uh, (laughs) That would be my exercise. Definitely not running. Uh, If I think. You ever see me running somewhere? Bodily exercise, prophet little. I mean, that's what the Bible says. I mean, if we're going to really truly be like in biblical bodily exercise, prophets little is what Paul said. And the wicked run, so yeah, when no man pursues, and that's it, man. The only time I'm running is when somebody's chasing after (laughs) me. So, Amen. 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 All right. Well, um, think about that, y'all. Listen, I mean kind of exercise y'all are doing we really don't want to know we don't care <laughs> <laughs> so uh let's get into tonight's episode seth we're going to talk about uh, jehovah's witnesses tonight so if you've not had a chance to go back and listen to uh, our previous episode we did one on if mormons are really christians uh had a conversation with a person we go to church with they're like i really didn't know how you're going to finish the uh, episode because you know that one could have started off are mormons christians no how are you going to spend the rest of your time <laughs> and uh so tonight's going to be kind of a similar thing you know another another what we would consider a cult yeah um but the jehovah's witnesses so seth uh you want to kind of break us into the the belief of the jehovah's witnesses just wherever you want to kick it off well with. i can start it off with this right here there's over eight million jehovah's witnesses in 240 countries worldwide it's a rather large system um and the history of it it all began in pennsylvania in the late 1800s when charles Taze russell came under the influence of a second adventist preacher <laughs> Russell initiated his own Bible study, a small group that would ultimately and sadly grow to become the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. He borrowed from the prophetic uh, speculations of Nelson Barber, a New York Second Adventist preacher. Russell claimed that in 1799 the world had entered the time of the end, that in 1874 Jesus Christ had returned invisibly, and that the world would come to an end in the year 1914 hang on so he he claimed that in 1799 that the world had entered the time of the end and that in 1874 that Jesus had returned invisibly invisibly yes okay I just wanted to make sure I heard that right 
Yep. Yeah. In 1879, wrestled in being 27 years old, was so passionately convinced these prophetic dates were given by God that he sold all his uh, businesses. He had a clothing business. He sold that out and struck out in a new direction. Russell was a man of very little education or theological training. Obviously. He didn't have much of that. <laughs> Obviously, yes. And he began to print the magazine known at first as Zion's Watchtower and the Herald of Christ's Presence. And that is known today as the Watchtower at Bible and Tract Society that's in Brooklyn, New York yeah. now. Let me let me say this real quick. I, I just thought about it as you were as you were going through that. It's interesting to me that a lot of these cults that we, you know, talk about and we hear about, um, how much how many of them focus on end times prophecy and how they they all, you know, all these cults that we hear of, uh, they'll typically have like a Jesus is returning on this date. That's why we all need to you know, leave and, and go out in the woods and drink Kool-Aid and, you know, do whatever. Yeah, it's always bad interpretations of the book of Revelation in really Matthew is. 24. Yeah, but anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. I, I thought it was interesting. But um, his uh, track in society went from growing to like a printing of 6,000 to like 288 million copies a year wow. annually. Yeah, This magazine prescribes all the major doctrines to the Jehovah's Witness. Uh, during Charles Russell's lifetime, the man offered a large amount of literature that includes a series of volumes called Studies in the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. According to Russell, nobody could understand the Bible without these books and reading the Bible by yourself would only lead to spiritual darkness. How about that? So the word of God that sets us free, um, <laughs> what what Charles Russell is saying here is it's not that, enough. That, it, that God's word is not enough. We need this all this extra. Now, tell me, um, I know there's something interesting with uh, uh, Egypt, the pyramids in Egypt uh, yeah. that relate with Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, we, I've actually got that right here. This is one of his teachings that the Egypt's Great Pyramid was designed and placed there by God as his second witness next to the Bible. It would be an instrument to reveal his great plan of the ages for mankind. I heard him in a video talking saying this measurement indicates the length of the year, the weight of the earth, the distance to the sun, etc., etc. He actually claimed to believe all this. Russell believed that his dates and chronologically, uh, I just butchered that word, were confirmed by the measurements of the interior passageways of the Great Pyramid. Hmm. Russell said that the passageways verified that 1914, the world would end. That's interesting. So, you know, obviously we're in 2021 now, well past 1914. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we know, we read in this, if it, and opening up there that if a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord and the thing does not come about it does not come true is what the Bible says that's a false prophet oh yeah you're so done here we are 2021 and still have a major uh, amount of people that believe the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, way of believing oh yeah when this man had a, you know so many false prophets oh yeah definitely this one when we're sitting in 2021 and he originally said the world was going to end what's funny is you you always see him go back and say well we were just a little bit off on our calculations oh yeah just a little bit <laughs> off yeah, like oh what, what say a thousand years huh? oh yeah. yeah well 1914 came and went and Russell and all his deceived followers were not raptured from the earth and the end of the world did not come so after 1914 was over they put the date, like you were saying, Marcus, mm-hmm. of the world ending forward to 1950. Then they moved it up three years longer to 1918. So that's three times they got it wrong, and it only took one false prophecy to show that he wasn't from God. So after after Russell comes along, it, it almost seems like he's pushing these prophecies out until he dies. That way he don't have to talk yeah. about it anymore. Well, in 1916, Charles Taylor Russell... Charles Taze Russell actually does die sick and disappointed. He actually has that giant pyramid at his gravesite. And to be honest, that's got to be embarrassing because it shows that uh, he's just a false prophet. It's a reminder of all his false prophecies he made. It's a glaring reminder that this man was a false prophet. Oh, yes, it is. And sadly, I wish this movement would have died with him. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I wish it would have. But so after Russell dies, sadly somebody else rises up to take his place as the leader of the Watchtower Society. His name was Joseph Franklin Rufford, or known as Judge Rufford. Mm-hmm. He gave himself that title. He was kind of <laughs> like the Brigham Young to Mormon Mormonism, I, who came after Joseph yes, Smith to that's take the place. What I was going to say is you all you have these um, these ones that kind of are past the torch with with Mormonism. You went from Joseph Smith to Brigham Young, and so um, with the Jehovah's Witness that that um, cult, you go from Charles Taze Russell to uh, I'm not calling him Judge Rutherford. This Rutherford dude, yeah. Um, so you go, you know, it's just the same. It's just passed down, and you, like you said, it would have been nice if you know in 1916 when he died that the, it just it burned just stopped, out. But, just stopped, but sadly, and built up no. such a following by that point. I guess it was the train was on the tracks, so to speak. But uh, tra- uh, not Charles Taze, but Judge Rutherford. He was a Missouri lawyer who became the second president of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society in 1917. In 1918, he had a lecture called Millions Now Living Will Never Die. It was the beginning of a worldwide recruiting effort called the Millions Campaign. Now, it was a doomsday message once again. Surprise. And they brought this all to door to door, proclaiming and coming the destruction of the existing world, that it would happen in 1925 <laughs> yeah um, that doesn't surprise me I mean like like I was saying um, it always kind of circles back around uh, the end of the world the end of the age however you want to say it and these prophecies that they're saying I mean they're basically um, recruiting people uh, from fear from the offset I mean from the jump it's kind of like a uh, a fearful get in because you can get in on this. You can be among the millions of people that never see death in this generation. Or and whatever. that's that that catches people's eyes yeah. too. It does. So in 1920, he had a book published called The Millions Book. Rutherford claimed that the Bible proved in 1925 Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and others would be resurrected to rule, rule as princes, prince, princes, not princesses. <laughs> On the new paradise earth. Wow. And this led to a mess. Many Jehovah's Witnesses sold their house, started living in their car, and spread to spread this warning. So when 1925 came, nothing happened once again. So again and again, the Watchtower prophecy was proven false. Yeah, it, and it's amazing, too, that you see um, that this just continues to happen throughout all of history with these cults and and they just it's almost like a vicious cycle of the basically the exact same thing repeated with a different name happening and so um going back to what you said in the beginning they didn't believe that the holy scriptures were good enough and um that charles taze um charles taze russell you were saying um that he he basically said that reading the Bible and studying it for yourself would lead to spiritual darkness. Well, um, when you read a little bit of the scripture, you can see why he would try to tell people that. Because if they read it, they would see that he was full of it. It was false, yes. So I was thinking of, of the scripture, and you talked about Matthew 24, which is, you know, we, we it's, it's used, um, Jesus talking about the end of the age. Yeah. Um, and so um, Jesus says... Uh, in verse 23 of Matthew 24 then if anyone says to you look here is the Christ or there he is do not believe it for false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray if if possible even the very elect I wanted to get to verse 26 but I'm reading all this see if I uh, see I have told you beforehand so if they say to you look he is in the wilderness do not go out if they say look he's in the inner rooms do not believe it for as the lightning comes out of the east so uh, and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of the Man. Um, and so, I mean, we know that the Scripture tells us. I'm sorry, no, I didn't. I'm I'm way above where I was supposed to be. I wanted to be in verse 36. Um, it says, "But concerning that day and hour, uh, no one knows, not even the angels nor the Son, but the Father only." So, it's not like we can put a date and a time stamp on. The return of Christ, um, in whatever context you look at it, we can't we can't put a date and a time because 
Jesus himself said that no man knows the day or the hour. So a little bit of reading of scripture uh, would steer away the followers of Jehovah's Witnesses um, or Mormons if they, you know, were reading the scriptures to see that this is what Jesus said. Um, if we believe Jesus is the Son of God, we don't really need to know what Charles Taze Russell has to say. No, we don't matter. Yeah. But Judge Rutherford that took over, he was one of them people that had a very charismatic personality. That seems to catch a lot of people's attention. Still does, yeah. It still does today. People love charismatic preachers like you have Bill yeah. Johnson at Bethel and all them other churches that are charismatic. And people like that. They well, just do. I mean, let's be honest. Who doesn't like somebody that has a good personality? I mean, it's kind of like, uh, I believe uh, maybe Steve Lawson was the one that said it, but... Uh, talking about Joel Osteen. I believe Joel Osteen's probably a pretty nice guy to talk to. For sure. I just don't think he's a... I, I, don't, I know he's not a preacher of the gospel. Yeah. Um, same same deal with these guys. They may be swell guys to talk to. I mean, you may be able to talk to them and say, man, that guy's just... You know, he, he's got a lot of positive energy or, or something like that. But uh, in all reality, when we measure them up with um, what the Bible says is a false teacher, it's very blatantly clear that they are false teachers. Oh, yeah. So, I want to share this story about Rutherford. Uh, not Rutherford. Uh, yeah, Rutherford. In 1929, he had a mansion built and actually had it dated to Abraham, <laughs> Isaac, and Jacob from the Bible. So, when they was resurrected, they would have some place to live. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I know, I, I'm not making this up. It yeah. was in San Diego. It was given the name Beth Serena. I believe that's it. Beth, Beth Serene? Yeah, that's it. Hebrew for the House of the Princes. Mm. So, to get back to the organization, the Watchtower Society thrived underneath this man. That's what mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. Yeah. New books and tracts come out left and right to be sold door to door by Jehovah's Witnesses. Great big personality he had. Yeah, he was able to get into the minds of people to really just sadly brainwash them to supposedly work and labor for the Lord. He even told young couples not to marry but to put everything they had into uh, to, uh, proclaiming the kingdom. He even had them carry around portable phonographs that you would... Uh, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Portable phonograph. Yeah, that's what you said. It, when you would uh, had the crane candle oh, on it you. and it would start playing the yeah. sound. Yeah, yeah. He would have his recordings of him preaching on. Oh, there. and people would carry him around and, and and they would play his message. Man, so they could use them at front yeah. doors of houses while evangelizing. I'd like to roundhouse kick one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, in 1942, he died. Then the society sold the house and today most modern Jehovah's Witnesses don't even know about that mansion Beth Serene that even existed mm. at all so that's a little bit of the history about that and Jehovah's Witnesses and this is from a 1973 uh, Watchtower magazine I believe uh, claims this right here only this organization functions for Jehovah's purpose and to his praise so they claim to be the only, the only way one. truly to God, the pretty much. One. Yeah, and and look at, at all the other cults and things, uh, Mormon Church, you know, same same deal. Yeah. Um, and look at, at all the other cults that that our listeners may have heard of and seen. Uh, what what's the one thing they're claiming? <laughs> We're the ones that's right and everybody else is wrong. Pretty much. Um, yeah. Um, they have a ruling council called the governing body. And every Jehovah's Witness is under their authority. Mm -hmm. It kind of be like being in the Southern Baptist Association, and then people ruling over your lives. Yeah, but they don't do that, of course. Right. Yeah. But um, the original belief that the Jehovah's Witnesses had was that Charles T. Russell was the chosen slave or the faithful servant in Matthew twenty-four. There we go, back to Matthew 24 end again. Times, end times. The Watchtower Society taught that the stewardship of the things of God had been taken away from the Christian church and given to Russell. So, let me stop you there. like Joseph Smith. That's what I was going to say. Does that not sound... If anybody listened to our previous episode before this, go back and listen if you haven't. Um, the exact same thing. Joseph Smith saying, everybody else is wrong, and God's given, given Joseph Smith this, this new revelation, this divine revelation. So the exact same thing happened um, 
supposedly, uh, to Charles Taze Russell, which we know it didn't. We know it's false. Um, but that's just amazing. I mean, it's almost like they're they're ripping off one another's uh, scheme, you know. Oh, it's yeah, it's just like they're stealing from one another. Yeah. Oh, truly, they're pulling from Christianity's worldview, just bits and pieces mm-hmm. of it to yeah. fit their uh, cults. But yeah, yeah, that's something that you'll you'll see uh, if any cult is they they pull just so much. Um, and I, Seth said it a lot on the podcast, but. He he calls it Christianese. They speak Christianese, and if you ever speak to anybody from from one of these cults, uh, they do. They'll say things that sound. I mean, they'll they, say God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, they use, Bible. They use a lot of the same terms we do in Christianity, but uh, let it be known they are not Christians. Oh yeah. So this is listen this right here. From Russell died, they had to adjust their belief to fit the set of facts. Uh, that they have now. They claim that in 1919, having invisibly come into the power over the earth, Christ needed needed, needed, Christ needed an organization to announce his kingdom and minister his affairs here. So the story goes on. He carefully examined all the Christian religions and rejected them in favor of the Watchtower Society. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the Jehovah's Witnesses will say that, that Jesus isn't God, too. Is that right? Oh, yeah, we could get into that here if you were fixing to actually hit into it in a yeah. second. But it's always, I've got this new revelation. Mm-hmm. It's always contradicts God's previous revelation. And it's always a charismatic personality, usually. Somebody that's absolutely nuts yeah. that comes up with this stuff. Yeah. It's always comes back to the end of times like you mentioned earlier yeah and if you have to adjust your i'm not saying that we don't um we're not you know we don't grow in grace and knowledge and then realize things you know that we had previously believed maybe they weren't true that's not what i'm talking about but if you're having to adjust your core doctrinal beliefs if those are adjusting over time like this is like this is look at the christian faith it's been the same since the very beginning death Burial, resurrection, seamless life, virgin birth of Jesus Christ. And that's never changed. Well, yeah, like we used that verse last time, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against mm-hmm. it. And you have the verse in Jude that talks about where to tend for Earnestly the faith. Earnestly contend yeah. for the faith, yeah. That was once uh, given to the saints. Yeah. And uh, Jehovah's Witness have their own translation of the Bible. New Living Translation. Right. New World Translation. New, I'm sorry, New World Translation. Uh, New Living Translation is, uh, is actually a Christian <laughs> translation. But, <laughs> but the New World Translation is a corrupt Bible they used and changed to fit their own beliefs. Yeah. It was published in 1950. It changes so many things, especially messing with the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, any cults want to attack the deity of Christ first so I had the conversation a lady we go to church with she listens to the podcast regu- regularly um, and she was she'd got a book recently and it was uh, the book that the Bethel church gives the people after they're converted um, and that's she said the very first chapter of the book right off the bat it assaults the deity it insults the deity of Jesus Christ and I'm like well you know there you go it all it always it always comes back that, to that. Well, that's where the that's where Different salvation's Jesus. at. Yeah. They want to attack that. And these 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 cults and these um, just heresies and all these different things. Different Jesus, and it's not the same God of the Bible. Well, Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to me, no man comes to far, but uh, by, by me. me." Yeah. And if you don't have the right Jesus, you're not coming. You're not coming. Yeah. Um, but here's John 1 1 in the New World Translation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God, mm-hmm. little g. Yeah. Here's the NASB. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Mm-hmm. Huge difference there when yeah. you say that. Yeah. A God versus what was God. Here's yeah. another one, John 8, 5, 8. In the New World Translation, Jesus said to them, Most truly I say to you, before Abraham came into existence, I have been. Mm. Okay? John 8, 5, 8. And I believe this might be the ESV. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they use John 14 also, don't they, to, to make the argument about uh, Jesus not being God? Yes, they reject. They use they they just reject Jesus being God. Here's here's a quote from their magazine. I believe it is. Um, I'm trying to figure out the year here. 1989 tracking booklet they have. It's a good year, 1989. That what year he's born? <laughs> a legend was born that year. <laughs> <laughs> this is what they say from their magazine: Jesus never claimed to be God. Everything he said about himself indicates that he did not consider himself equal to God in any way. Jesus was created by God. So they're saying Jesus was a created being. He wasn't. From the beginning, they believe he's the first creation of Jehovah. Je- uh, Jehovah, yeah, and um, they love to say that Jesus is the Son of God, mm-hmm. but they won't claim that he is God. So, going back, you talking about um, them using that to say that Jesus is uh, was a created being in in, in our Bible um, in John one and two, it says. Well, you read John 1 and 1 a minute ago. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the Word we know there is Christ. Um, And verse 2 says, He was, He being Christ, was in the beginning with God. He was in the beginning. Not He was created after the beginning. He was in the beginning. So, um, you know, yeah, you have to change your, you have to change it up for it to to meet. what they wanted to mean. They have to yeah. change the scripture. Yeah. Um, they will say he was the first thing Jehovah created, and through him other creative works were done. Witnesses believe that uh, Jesus Christ is a spirit creature, a super angel, but the first creation of Jehovah God, who prior to coming to earth as a man existed in heaven as Michael the Archangel. Wow. This is from 1984. Michael, the great prince, is none other than Jesus Christ himself. That's the Watchtower in 1984. Man, you really got to stretch to get that, don't you? It's just insane. It's not even close. Yeah. Um, The one verse, when I I pulled a lot of this off their website, because I don't want to bear false witness against anybody. I want to get exactly what they're talking about from their website and everything. Right. They often like to use, I believe it's John fourteen twenty eight to yeah. say Jesus isn't God. And it says, uh, you heard that I said to you, I go away, I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. They take that all the time and use that as Jesus not being God. Mm-hmm. Uh, this statement has been thought to mean that Jesus is something less than God, the Father. However, this is not what Jesus said. He was not comparing his nature with that of God, the Father. Rather, he was comparing their positions. He was lesser in position when he came when to he earth. Came to earth right? When Jesus came to earth, he came in form of a servant. servant. That's yep. what he's talking about. Yep. Yeah. If God's going to become a man, he's going to be a perfect man and worship God. Mm-hmm. He's going to be submitted to God. That's yeah. what he's talking yeah. about there. Yeah. And we know Christ, as you said, he came as a, as a humble servant. He, he um, took the shame of the cross um, as as uh, 100% man, but also he was 100% God because he was the only one that was able to do it. Yes, it's in Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even on a cross. Mm-hmm. He didn't lose his deity no. or anything like that. He didn't that. set it aside. No. no. No, not at all. When people say he set his deity aside, mm-hmm. ooh, I don't like no. that at all. No, it means that he ceased to be God. Yes. He and never he, ceased he to never, be God. No. He just come here, submit himself to the Father's will at, in the flesh, and uh, was obedient to the cross. Mm, say amen. Amen. <laughs> But um, 
We're going to go to the cross and resurrection. Now. Yeah, let's go. Because we got quite a bit more stuff I need to hit on. Um, they Jehovah's Witnesses hold the cross in contempt, feeling that is nothing more than a pagan symbol used by apostate Christians. Instead, they teach that the um, at the end of Jesus' ministry, he did not die on a cross, but on an upright stake. Mm. They then teach Christ was put to death in the flesh, but made alive, resurrected in the spirit. How about that? They don't believe in an actual bodily, bodily resurrection. resurrection. Mm-hmm. No hope without that. Yeah. Jesus' own words showed that he would not be resurrected with his flesh. This is from their website. And he said that he would give his flesh in behalf of the life of the world as a ransom for mankind. If he had taken back his flesh when he was resurrected, he would have canceled that ransom sacrifice. This could not have happened, though, for the Bible says he sacrificed his flesh and blood once for all time. That's just twisted so bad. Yeah, it is. Just because he sacrificed that don't mean that he's not going to raise from the dead in a glorified body. Mm. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, they approach it as a spiritual resurrection, mm-hmm. and they will even say... That you know, when Thomas came to Jesus and said and put his finger in his side mm-hmm. and said, "My Lord, my God," yeah, well, right there kills that. But they will say this so it's so crooked and twisted. Mm-hmm. They will say that Jesus took the form of a body just for a little while. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, the, the core doctrines of the Christian faith that we've believed uh, since the beginning of. The, when the gospel was preached to the Gentiles and it's made its way to us now, that same gospel has not changed. Um, that's the foundation of our faith. Anything, if if any man builds upon any other foundation, it's wood, hay, and stubble. Is what the Bible says. That's said. right. Um, so to take away the the core foundation, uh, we know the Scripture tells us that um, the foundation is laid that no other man can lay. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Yeah. So if you take away um, the cross um, for salvation uh, and and his, his his burial and his bodily resurrection, you don't have a Christian message. No, you don't. Um, you lose the gospel. You lose the gospel in that. So since we're on the we're on Christ and His resurrection, let's go to the other member of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. They teach that the Holy Spirit is not a person. They say that the Holy Spirit is God's power and action and teach that he is an active force. Hmm. But the Bible teaches, this right here, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, so that he, that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Mm-hmm. All them hymns there are showing he is a person, yeah. not a force, and he's not a it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's something that I've I've even caught myself saying, talking about the Holy Spirit and saying it. Uh, the Holy Spirit was really here today. You could feel it. Uh, that's not that's, that's not, not biblical. That's what, not that's not really true. No, the Holy it, Spirit is a he. I had a conversation with the lady last year. Um, she said, "Well, how do you know the Holy Spirit is a man?" That's just how do you where'd you get that? And I went to this exact scripture in John fourteen and I said he. the helper uh is the spirit of truth when he uh when Jesus said, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another helper so that he may be with you forever. So it's pretty clear it's not a woman, it's not a it. it. But sadly, their translation translation reads like this and I will ask the Father and he will give you Another helper to be a few forever, the spirit of truth, you which the world cannot receive because it neither sees it nor knows it. Mm-hmm. So bad. They yeah. just take out the person part there. Yeah. Yeah. Takes out the, I mean, that just obliterates uh, the core doctrine of the Trinity that we believe. Uh, the historic Christian belief and the and Christian faith is. Uh, the doctrine of the Trinity, we believe that, and to take, you know, if you start messing with, <laughs> with uh, who's who and what's what, you get into a mess. That's for sure. It is, and also Jehovah's Witness don't believe in the hell like we do either. Right. Yeah. Switching to that right there. Since, by the way, let me just step back a little bit. 
They reject the Trinity in case you couldn't tell. Right. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they don't believe that. They believe in Jehovah, mm-hmm. one God, the Father, I'm pretty sure. And uh, and they reject the Son being God and the Holy Spirit being God. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get across. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's what I was trying to reiterate the same thing. I mean, it's, you see it very clearly. Um, and, and Seth, as you said, you're reading it from... You know their website and the, the scriptures that they have posted and the what they try to give as justification for their belief. Um, it's not like you're just pulling stuff and saying that this is what they believe. This is what they actually it's say. It's from JW.org. Yeah, it's from the Watchtower website. So it's not like you know it's a false accusation, like you said. This is you know we're refuting what they say with the actual uh, holy scripture. Oh yeah. So when I anytime we do it, go against a cold or go against a op, somebody of the opposite position, I want to like represent that person right. I don't want to misrepresent them at all. And we should. And I believe that's the way it should be we done. Should. But moving on to the subject of hell. Now, like I said, this is all from their website. They don't believe in a literal hell like we do. They believe they just pass out of existence. Their website teaches also that Jacob will be there and Jacob will be there. I mean, Job will be there. Their website says the idea that God would punish people in hellfire is uh, contrary to the Bible's teaching God is love. Hmm. Eternal torment would violate God's justice. They use Deuteronomy uh, chapter 32 verse 4 to try to justify that. Then go on to say, when the first man Adam sinned, God told him that his punishment would simply be to pass out of existence. Dust you are, and to dust you will return. They use Genesis 3.19 to try to justify that one. And they say God would have been lying if he were actually sending Adam to fiery, to fiery hell. Well, first off, yes, the body does return to dust, but the soul goes to either heaven or or Hades mm-hmm. right now Hades because nobody's in hell right now right. and God would have been lying if he actually sent Adam to a fiery hell they actually say that mm. well first of all Adam was redeemed Amen. I believe he was the first one to, him and Adam and Eve was the first two to be redeemed because God went and slaughtered the animal and covered them he sacrificed them yes um, but it's just completely took out context they twist things. Mm-hmm. You can hear the hiss of the serpent and all this, taking yeah. some parts that is true yeah. and just changing it. What about everything that Jesus talked about in the New Testament? Like in Luke 16, the clear picture we have of hell. Of the rich man and Lazarus. Of Lazarus yes. and the rich man. I mean, you'd have to ignore the whole New Testament. And we know that Jesus in, uh, in the New Testament, uh, more often times than not, he was talking about hell more than he was heaven. Oh, yeah, he was. So it's not um, <laughs> to say that it's it's not a real place and it doesn't exist. Uh, that's a, something that um, a false teacher is going to teach. Uh, and ultimately, except the grace of God intervenes, it's where that false teacher is going to end up. Oh, yeah. And those that are deceived by that false teacher and let, accept the grace of God intervene. That's, it's just, you listen to all this, and it's just so deceiving how many people get caught up in this movement. But this is my last bullet point for hell. Those in hell are unconscious, and so they cannot feel pain. There is no work, nor devising knowledge, or, nor wisdom in Sheol. They take that verse. Now, that does, Hades does have in the Old Testament does talk about the grave right? and does talk about you know um, the afterlife mm-hmm. when you go to if you die if you're not saved of course um, but here I just think honestly you have so many verses that's taken out of context and really just twisted so bad more twisted than took out of context yeah so I mean, what's the message of salvation in the Jehovah's Witness Church? I let me guess, it involves some type of work or something that you're doing. Well, we could get to that here in just a second, but um, they used to claim this right here. Let me find it for you. I, we just go on to that. Yes, there are various things involved in getting saved. We must take an accurate knowledge of God's purposes and his way of salvation. Then we must exercise faith in the chief agent of salvation, Jesus Christ, and do the will of God for the rest of our lives. We must. We must. We must. We must. must. But, but, 
Here's their website now. To gain salvation, you must exercise faith in Jesus and demonstrate that faith by obeying his commandments. This, The Bible shows that you must have works or acts of obedience to prove that your faith is alive. However, this does not mean that you can earn salvation. It is God's gift based on his undeserved kindness or grace. Grace. So that's See, scary. There's Christianese mixed in there. Well, they make it... That sounds completely different than from 1989. Yeah. I mean, we must take an accurate knowledge of God's purposes and his way of salvation, then we must exercise faith. Then it says, do God's will the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, honestly, they just tried to hide a lot more stuff now than they used to. It's kind of like with Mormonism... They had the Adam as God doctrine in the year mm-hmm. uh, years past. They didn't care to say even other things that was pretty out there. Out there, yeah. and I think Jehovah's Witnesses are quieting down on some of the past doctrine. Yeah, maybe just trying to to hide things um, to make their uh, false religion that they have uh, more appealing to people. You think? I mean, that that'd be my opinion on why they would do that. Because obviously everything else that we've talked about with Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, it's clear that it's not a a true um, interpretation of what God said. It's not a true interpretation of what salvation means. It's not a true true interpretation of heaven and hell. Um, So, you know, we can't just say at the end, oh, well, they got it pretty close on how you're saved. We can't just say that and ignore everything else. Um, Yeah, and there's no... Gosh, well, first of all, you don't have salvation if you're involved in this. You no. know, you're not saved. No, you're rejecting who God is. You're rejecting gospel. who the gospel is. What the gospel is, you don't have salvation. Right. But if you do claim to be a Jehovah's Witness, they believe you could lose your salvation, but mm-hmm. you don't even have salvation in this movement. Yeah, you can't lose something you don't have. Yeah, that's right. But in this movement. They say, yes, just as a person saved from drowning could fall or jump back into the water, a person who has been saved from sin but fails to keep exercising faith could lose out on salvation. For this reason, the Bible urges Christians who have received salvation to put up a hard fight for the faith. That's Jude 3, they take out, take and use. It also warns those who have been saved, keep working out your own <laughs> salvation with fear and trembling. You know that very well. Yeah, yeah I mean... It's just funny. I'm not going to say it again because I say it on like every episode. Let's go ahead and say it. What's the next verse say? What For it's it? God that works in you, both the will and to do his good pleasure. And they think that it's up to you to keep the faith. Yeah. My friend, if it was up to me to keep the faith, I've been, I've felt. I would be in hell with my back broken. Right I would have fallen away four years ago since yeah. I got saved. Man. Yeah. But it's not up to us. No. It's God that continues to work in you. Just like it. it for those that may listen or, you know, it may be uh, when this episode is released, it may be years from now that somebody that's a Jehovah's Witness gets the chance to listen to this. Um, salvation is the gift of God. And except the grace of God opens your eyes to what true salvation is, you're eternally damned. Oh, yeah, um, you, you are. You've believed a false message, a false gospel. Um, and you, um, you've said under false teaching... For a long time, and I know it's it's probably hard to uh, kind of like the Mormon Church. A lot of people that grow up in that society, or a lot of people that are in that society, have grown up in that society. Mm-hmm. It's not something family that, raised. It's raised raised in the family. So the, sometimes the hardest thing, and I'll say this, and and I know we're about done. We're kind of running out of time, but sometimes the hardest thing is to step away from your family and what your family may believe. Um, but if you can do it and you have good sound biblical reason to do it um, then then that's the only thing that you need to stand on but if you just are following along with this just because it's the only thing you know um, you'll you'll not be able to plead ignorance on the day of judgment no you won't Um, you won't you'll stand before God accountable because um, the creation declares his glory the message of creation is preached uh, or the message of the gospel is preached in creation uh, we all know that we're sinners. Uh, you don't have to ask somebody. Well, yeah, to, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. It's revealed from heaven against us. And so uh, if if you're a Jehovah's Witness and you're listening, you say, 
uh, well, I think I've done a pretty good job so far. You haven't. You've, you've broken the law of God, and you deserve his punishment. Um, but God sent his son to die for sinners, and he took the punishment that you deserve. Yep, and that is God in the flesh. God in Yahweh the flesh. in the flesh. Yeah, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus Christ. He came and he dwelt among us. He died at Calvary. He was buried and he rose the third day victorious over death and hell. In his body. In, his, in an actual real body. Um, and if he didn't, we have no hope. We wouldn't even be doing this podcast right now. We'd be, be doing no something point. else. Um, but that's the message of the gospel, and that's the only hope that you have um, if you're if you're listening. And not only you know if you're if I'm saying for anybody that's listening, you don't have to be a Jehovah's Witness. You can be somebody else that say, "Man, a lot of stuff that y'all said about the Jehovah's Witnesses kind of is closely related to this kind of stuff I'm hearing every week." And you may be in a Baptist church or a well, Pentecostal church. Not, I, I would hope not, but you may hear some of this workspace stuff and. In, uh, in, in the church that you're sitting in on a weekly basis, and you think, man, you know, it's not really grace that I'm here, and it's works. Yeah, or, and the call is to repent and believe the gospel. Yeah, what man. Marcus just talked about, the death, burial, and resurrection, the call goes out for you to repent and put your faith in Jesus, and you find him as a perfect and sinless. powerful Savior. Yeah, perfect, powerful, sinless Savior. Amen. Better than Joseph Smith, better than Brigham Young, better than... Charles Tay Russell, better than whatever that judge dude's name was. Uh, Jesus Christ, he's the perfect Savior. So trust in him. Uh, and, I mean, that's all we can say. Trust oh, in yeah, Christ. Trust look, in him. look to Christ. Amen. Uh, and you'll find salvation there. So that's all. We'll cut her down there tonight. Seth, do you have anything else? I was going to go over the 144,000, man. I mean, come on. That's their main. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, we can't. Okay, so if you're still listening at this point, stay, stay tuned. I know we're a little bit longer than normal, but. Yeah, dude, how did I let us get past that? I mean, you got the 144,000. That's like their core doctrine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't. Um, Man, we blew right past that. They take that number in Revelation literal. Mm -hmm. As you and me would probably take it symbolic. Yeah. I think it represents God's elect in Revelation. I do. Hey, man. But um, this is from their website. God selects a limited number of faithful Christians who after their death will be resurrected to life in heaven. Once they have been chosen, I'm starting to think these guys are Calvinists. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Calvinist, Don't say that. A Calvinistic Jehovah's Witness. Don't put that on me, Ricky. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Once they have been chosen, they have been continued to maintain a Christian standard of faith and conduct, conduct in order not to be disqualified from receiving their heavenly inheritance. Mm-hmm. Um, they will serve along Jesus as kings and priests for a thousand years. I'm sure that's talking about the thousand year millennial sure, reign. Yeah. And they will form the new they will form the new heavens or heavenly government that will rule over the new earth and and the uh, earthly society. Those heavenly rulers will help restore mankind to the righteous conditions that God originally intended. Mm. How many will be resurrected? The Bible indicates that 144,000 people will be resurrected to heavenly life. In the vision recorded in Revelation 14, verses 1 through 3, the Apostle John saw the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000 in this vision. The Lamb represents the resurrected Jesus. Mount Zion represents the exalted position of Jesus and the 144,000 who rule with him in heaven. Those who are called and chosen to rule of Christ in the kingdom are referred to as a little flock. This shows that they would be uh, few in comparison with the complete number of Jesus's sheep. That's what that's from all their website. That's not my doctor. That's all from their website there, and that's what they teach. So, pretty much, you have a humongous competition. Of who's going to be the hundred forty four thousand? Yeah, and it, it kind of makes me think, like, why are you out recruiting me if there's only one hundred forty four thousand getting in? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're bringing competition against yourself. You're I like, guess. you know, I may have rolled my great 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 grandkid out by getting Seth uh, converted to the Jehovah's Witness doctrine here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. They uh, also don't believe in blood transfusions, by the way. I know. Yeah, that's that's. I've heard that, you know, for for years and years, but which, um, which is sad too, you know. Oh yeah, it is sad. They take um, Leviticus, I think it's seventeen ten, and say it, this is from Leviticus. 
And anyone from the house of Israel or from the strangers who reside among them who eats any blood, I will set my face against them, that person who eats the blood, and will cut him off from among his people. Mm. They used that to say you can't take blood transfusions. Yeah. That's not even talking about that. Another classic example of taking the scripture and twisting it to mean what you want it to mean. You know, I'll finish with this real quick. Please. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just messing with you, man. Uh, no, you just hit hot and heavy, and I just wanted to give you a hard time. Go um, ahead. There, I was listening to this documentary of Jehovah's Witness. This is rather old. Yeah. Their daughter was dying, and they said, we are to obey the law of God. So the Jehovah's Witness committee was there, and this is so bad. They said, we could get a helicopter here and get your daughter and get her out here and he said, well, that's illegal. And they had some order of child neglect filed against them already while they was at the hospital if they didn't get have her daughter have their daughter get that blood wow. transfusion. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine being in that and not providing the whatever care you had available for your child. You know, I just couldn't imagine. And he said, that's murder if I take my daughter off them oxygen lines and all that. So... They came to their senses, thank God, praise yeah. be to God, yeah. and said, we can't let her die. Well, they was excommunicated and everything from their organization. Wow. And later on, they actually come to faith in the true and living Christ. Amen. And, Man, what a testimony. Oh, yeah, what a testimony. Yeah. They've been in it for years, and the daughter got the blood transfusion, I'm pretty sure, and everything was all right. But they come to faith in Christ. Yeah, and then and they got a real blood transfusion. They got a real one. Yeah, there. man. Hey, man. <laughs> but, yeah, sadly, they don't believe wow. in blood transfusions. Yeah. And something that dramatic, when they the organization is there at the hospital and they say, hey, we can get a helicopter to come in here. Because they have so much money, that organization does. Right, yeah. And we could take your daughter away. And he's like, that's murder. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it kind of goes without saying, but, you know, all these cults that, um, that we've talked about, well, especially the past two weeks, it's like um, you'll see Christianity, somebody can, you know, leave the church tomorrow, and it's never a good thing when they do, but they're not... Uh, Excommunicated. Well, sometimes, maybe, if, if, if there's a... You know, sin and they're not willing to repent of it. Well, that's different. But, it, but it's know, totally different. It's than not this. like this with a blood transfusion. It's not like we're like never like talking that. to you again. Yeah, but yeah. it's completely the opposite of Christianity. The Jehovah's Witness movement mm-hmm. is, and it's completely another gospel and a false god. Yeah. So uh, repent. Repent and believe in the true and living Christ. Amen. Y'all tune in next time. God bless. <laughs>